0: We're on. We start with a little bit of banter. Like, that's the way this goes. In any case, this person we were talking about just before we started recording. Yes. She listened to the other podcast that I was on. And she was like, I didn't understand any of it. I'm like, I know. And she's like, you have a good podcasting voice, though. I'm like, here, try this other podcast <laughs> that I've been on. You might understand it more. It's called South Beta. And she was then she came back to me a week later and was like, I listened to the other podcast. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> So it's, Zach, so you're getting us.: audience I: got,
1: it's
0: I've, our, yeah. I've, I have up to one listener that I have suggested listen to the podcast.
1: So Joey and I listen to it um, when we go on climbing trips, because like, I, I always like download podcasts, and I've got a bunch of like boring ones that I know he's not going to enjoy. I just, so I try to save the entertaining ones for the weekend. And um, we've been out to Goldwall a number of times recently, and we have listened to an episode or two. On the way.
2: What I love about the story is that you didn't even use the amazing business cards
0: that I've created for our
1: podcast. (laughs) That's because you don't. It's it's a podcast. You just search for it.
0: (laughs) It's like the idea of a business card for a podcast is like, you know, we're in this really modern form of media. Here is this antiquated thing that almost no one uses anymore.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's also cool, and they're small mini cards. That like they're easier to lose. It's just cool. So, ret- it's to so, lose. Retro. so retro. So retro. So, I'm just cool. You need to learn. No, it's really. that-
0: no, It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally the opposite. I'm looking. Hmm. I'm looking over there, and I'm seeing that I think the mic is too close to me, and <laughs> <laughs> not close enough to you. I, I'm just gonna I, Is slide, it, I'm is gonna it s- you or is it me? I'm gonna slide it over. There we go. I may okay. or may not
1: be a loud person in
2: general. Okay. Well, it's okay. It's okay. This is you know just how it goes. Um, welcome to South Beta Podcast. This is our ninth episode. I'm really excited about it. It's uh, it only been nine. <laughs> it feels like so much more torture. <laughs> it feels like more. It's only been nine. This is number nine. Uh, this is one man's journey to untangle the knot that is the climbing community with his help or with the help of his co-host, who occasionally knows the answer to his climbing-related questions, and who is that one man?
0: I am Zach, <laughs> <laughs> and your co-host, who occasionally knows things, is Evan.
2: Is P. Evan Evan uh, Pierce? Yeah, I like to throw your last name in there every time. <laughs> Just yeah, you know, Doctor Evan Pierce. Doctor Pierce. Uh, and then we have we are joined by a very very special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Um, I am Bridget. I
0: Emma. You are a climber. I
1: am a climber. I know these guys from, from the climbing community. You am a climber. Yes.
2: And and we <laughs> ran into Bridget last week, and we said we'd love to have you, and she's like, I'd love to be on the episode. She's like, give me a shout-out. I'm like, we'll do you one better. Let's bring you on. Let's, <laughs> let's have you on. And so yeah, I was
1: jealous, and non-climber got a shout-out, and I was like, I want a shout-out on the podcast. <laughs>
2: hey, Katie Franco, you're still number one fan. You're, you're awesome. Um. Katie Frank was my, my roommates uh, oh, yeah, girlfriend. All right, all right. Okay. So anyways, that was that was the intro. We got through that. I have something to show you guys. This is a this is a, this, oh, is, a this surprise,
1: is a surprise surprise oh. surprise
0: announcement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it I a new had to business
2: card? no, no. no <laughs> I had to buy one of these.
1: Oh. I, I, I don't ugh. know
2: what that is. It's see, it's a Touchstone climbing punch card. Why? Ah, I because see. Because Touchstone has yoga, and Planet Granite does not. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So for acro yoga, I have a I have not climbed a touchstone gym yet. Even though I've been to them several times, I just go to the class and then leave. But um but I ha- I bought the
0: cart.
1: I'm not gonna lie, I actually climbed at to a touchstone gym on Friday, but that's because I was in LA.
0: There's and no planet granites in LA. Yet that you could true. solve this.
1: Or we could not. Yeah. We I don't work there anymore.
0: <laughs> you don't
2: work there anymore. Bridget used to work there. She's she wore her. Uh, planet granite black uh, jacket, staff jacket, that I have been trying to find a way to sneak in and get <laughs> for the past, um, I would say at least five years. I mean, if you were open to theft... I don't think it would be that hard. I have too high moral compass for that. But other <laughs> than that, like that's like the one line that I draw is like theft. I will not steal it. You, know, I have, I mean, you,
0: you were like, uh, if I could sneak in and get it, and yeah, honestly, you could
2: definitely sneak in and get and one. And honestly, if they started to like, if they started to sell them, I think the allure would not be there. The fact that it's so unattainable makes it like just like I need to get one somehow. And so I keep on working on like, hey Nick, if I leave enough comment cards, can I get? A blackjack. No.
1: How about how about this? How about hey Nick, if I stop leaving you comment cards, <laughs> can I get a black staff jacket? Yeah, you
0: seem to have this reverse <laughs> view of how things work, where you're like, well, hey, hey, if I if I just do this thing that is annoying to you and wastes your time more. Will you give me something I want? And the answer I, is like no, no. But,
2: as, but as the as it comes I keep on this is how it works in my head. You can tell me that I'm completely <laughs> delusional. I feel but, like we've already done that. but in my head, the way that it works is I do these fun things that that provide a little bit of spice of humor to your otherwise boring and difficult days.
1: I have seen some of your comment cards and um, Nick and I did laugh over a few of them
0: The one the one that you are occasionally funny. Occasionally. You are also occasionally making yourself laugh while missing most of the rest of the population.
2: Was this one funny?
0: I don't I le- know which one that was. You I left a comic card earlier. this
2: week. It oh. was the first one. It's a
1: recitation.
2: Yeah, no, it's a recitation, guys. I'll do it with a great voice. I have a great voice. I uh, I highlighted the facility tag Is on the comic card. Is it as great as
1: Evan's podcast voice?
0: No. <laughs> Do you want to read it? Did you want me to read it? <laughs> yes, it's even better. Try to dramatize. <laughs> that was
1: awesome, Richard. <laughs> it's so much
0: better. Once again, my girth has become a problem with gym equipment. The transgression board in the back feels like it will transgress on me by breaking when I hang on it. It groans under my ballast. Please resolve, so I don't have to feel so self-conscious about my burden, Zach. <laughs> Date 5917. Email slash phone Zachary at ZacharyC.com. That's fantastic. You did a great job. You did better <laughs> than I would have done.
2: And I, like, that's why. This is so. so That's why we have him here. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Just to sound official.
2: So, so you warned me that this project podcast will extend, and I am going to take that into consideration and move it right along. Uh, that was my <laughs> touchstone moment, and then my annoyance moment. It, it took him the- ten minutes to read his outline to me.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, oh, yeah. She, uh, I strikes me as the fact that this may be your first ever podcast.
1: Yes, it is. I've listened to a lot of podcasts, but I have never been on one because. Um, the only person that I know that, do po- that does podcasts is this guy, and uh, well, you know I don't. I don't play Puzzle and Dragons, <laughs> so. So
2: that's how this whole started. I listened to Puzzle. I listened to Puzzle and Dragon podcast, liked the sound of his voice, but couldn't keep up with the game. And I'm like, well, how do I solve this problem?
1: Oh man, Stop I should have thought of that. You want to do a third podcast? <laughs>
2: Can
0: I be a guest on that one sometime? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> so you, let's. You, we need a premise. A premise that is slightly more solid than how this one started.
1: I'll, I'll work on it. I'll work on it.
0: I don't know what's wrong. We have nine episodes. We had at least 12 listeners. I think we're doing,
2: sorry, 13 because you got somebody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if we spend about, you know, an hour and a half on each episode <laughs> and we have 12 listeners. I think we're doing great. We, okay. <laughs> we've put in roughly an hour's worth of time each per listener.
1: Yeah.
0: I love it. Well, plus
2: then I get a plan, and, you know, and you got to hang out with me afterwards. Day. We get drinks, you know, stuff it's like that. Fun. Okay, no, no, I'm saying that's more costly that to factor in in terms of time. Uh, so,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. So let's let's move on. Staff comp update. Staff comp was last week after the friction series. I was able to finagle. This was the first time ever, right, that they allowed plus ones. Yeah. Yeah. And I was. Able I to I
1: got to I got to make a return visit as a plus one, but I was just hanging out.
2: <laughs> I was hanging out with a camera, but uh, yeah, I was, uh, I, and I, I'm sorry, I need to process those pictures, uh, someone at the gym has asked for them, and I still haven't had a chance to do them, but I was uh, I was a plus one, and that was fantastic, I actually was there enough, and there were enough people, who was like, oh, you're, yeah, if you didn't have a plus one, you could have been my plus one, I had like four or five other people, even Cameron. Oh. Offered to take me as his plus one next time, so I'm like. Yes.
0: Interesting. You got some stiff competition for Cameron's plus one. I spoke to a member who was like, oh, I want to I go to that. I'm going to text Cameron.
1: Oh. And well, she,
0: she didn't get it.
2: She didn't get it this time? She didn't get it this time. Uh, I get a couple of people who are like, yeah, we'll
0: take you. That might
1: be unrelated.
0: <laughs> okay, so my first question. Married
1: with kids. Oh, okay, then completely I Completely no platonic,
0: idea. plus one-ing. First question. Who won? Who won the staff comp? Yeah. Which gym? Sunnyvale won. Once again, they sandbagged their Shacker. way to the victory.
1: What?
2: <laughs> so I have this thing where, like, I was I didn't pay for,
1: attention, so he was could be totally for, right. I was rooting
2: for anybody other than Sunnyvale, because Sunnyvale apparently always wins. Yeah. Sunnyvale does always win. It also helps when the competition is in your gym. Yeah, I know. That's why I was rooting for the underdog. I'm an underdog person. I root for the underdog.
1: Who was the underdog in your opinion? Anyone other than Sunnyvale? I would
2: say, for me, like, if I could have picked who won, and I wanted them to win. this really just, anyone who wasn't the overdog? It probably would have been Belmont, because I feel like Belmont's like the little, the little gym,
0: little gym that could. Uh, uh, the little gym to, that could. That, like, tries to put... <laughs> no knee slapping. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I know that. <laughs> this guy's been, he's been trying so hard this episode. So okay, I, And you I'm go sorry. ahead and slap my I was, knee? I was re-listening to episode one with my parents, who
2: were just in town. And uh, trying to get them into the podcast, which I'm sure I failed at, because um, they don't climb and they don't live in the South Bay, and they think what I do is too dangerous. But so I was getting them to listen to the thing, and I was listening. There's so many knee slaps, I just can't handle it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I just, I'm just, I'm losing my mind. I'm hearing the knee slaps and hurting myself. So,
1: you're like, you. My parents are currently on a road trip, so depending on when this comes out, you might get two more listeners because they'll they're retired, they'll listen to anything that's related to what I do. How many days do I have? <laughs> I have no idea, but I can get back to you on that. <laughs> I'll try and
2: get it done tomorrow. Okay.
1: Uh,
2: so Sunnyvale won. Sunnyvale won by thirty points. What happened to Nick? Because we were we were doing some trash Nick talk. Nick is that. injured. Nick is injured in the finger. fingers. Fingers. Exactly what you called last time. Yes. Oh, was that on the last podcast? The last podcast. You're like, yes. Nick Nick climbs really hard, and then he's on there for like thirty minutes, and then his finger hurts, and he comes off. Yeah. And then I asked him. I said, "Nick, will you will you do some fake climbing so I can just get a couple of pictures? Like just like hang from one hand, like on a bouldering problem. I don't care." He's like, "He's like, yeah, sure, I could do that." And then like halfway through, he's like, "I'm not doing that. It's just not happening." He didn't even fake climb.
0: Yeah. He didn't want to get fake injured, man.
2: <laughs> so the next question I have about this is: What would it take for me to be the gym mascot?
0: We have dead air here. <laughs> I feel like dead air is the appropriate response to that. Oh my god. Just,
1: just the, slight the snickering gym, in the, the corner. Gym, the gym
0: does not have a mascot.
1: What are you imagining the mascot as being? Because, honestly, if you... if, if A they,
0: giant block of granite.
1: If they're going to have a mascot, you might have some competition, because I feel like it was my destiny in life to be a mascot so I could dance like a goofy person all over the place like I already do, but, like, in a costume and have an excuse for it.
2: I mean, I think I've seen you. I've seen your handstands. I've been very impressed. But when it comes to, like, overall energy and panache, I have the, the
0: flips. But... I don't... All right. I don't see energy from you. Energy and panache. (laughs) Not tonight. I have never seen it. What? When you envision a mascot, at say a baseball game or something of that nature, you envision pep and frantic motion and glee and glee. None of those things are exhibited by you on a daily basis, except when showing someone a comment card that you left for Nick. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but I also I have it in other areas. Uh, to be fair, I you know was a cheerleader
2: for twenty years. I I, I, I I think I know. I think I believe that you know how to fake it. <laughs> I fake it very well, and I am a professional fake it. <laughs> You want somebody, I, I would just you I want
0: would, somebody to fake it because if they don't feel it in that day, you got to still do it. Yeah. I want to examine the idea. That you, who has a full-time job, keeps proposing other full-time jobs for you hey, at Planet Granite.
2: People at Planet Granite, your assistant manager told me she'd
0: hire me as a front desk staffer. All right, well, <laughs> <laughs> she does not get final say.
1: God damn it. <laughs>
0: Nor do I believe that she really said that. She really said that.
1: I could text her, find out.
0: She yeah. told me. We not find out.
1: the
2: answer to this question. Yeah. I'm just gonna turn know off know the internet down it. here, and you're not gonna have internet, <laughs> and then, okay. um
1: I'm just saying, so for me, I've had people that I don't know but are regulars at like six o'clock in the morning at the gym. I've had them come up to me on mornings where I'm like not bouncing around, and they're like, Is everything okay? What's wrong??"
2: I get, I get that at this I get that at my day job. I don't get that at the gym. At the gym I'm kinda of more male, but at the at my day job people are like, Yeah, you look like you have a lot less energy than normal what's going on. So maybe I save it for here.
1: Even yeah, even at work people expect me to be bouncing around on a regular basis. I,
2: I bounce anyway, around a lot.
1: I believe you. Maybe, okay. Okay, so,
2: so so then we could have two mascots. I could be the planet, you could be the granite.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> or we could reverse that. <laughs> You can be be the bouncing around planet, and I'll be the granite. This whole concept sounds painful and misguided. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
1: I do own a lot of gray. I I could pull off the, like, full gray outfit.
0: I look good in green.
2: Um, Who was the strongest climber in the staff competition?
0: Are we talking men's or women's? Let's do one for each. I mean, the strongest climber would be the person that won the open category. So... both of whom are national level competitors on the youth comp- com- competition oh. scene. I got, watched both of them compete yesterday, um, and move on from regionals to divisionals. Um, Tim. The staff competition. Yeah, t- they both coach at Sunnyvale. Is one so of named Cubbage? No. No. Okay. Tim Kang and Madison Klein. Oh wow. Maddie to her friends and. I didn't
1: realize Maddie everybody. was coaching though. No. She, awesome. Yeah, she's
0: been coaching rock monkeys for the whole school year. Nice. That's awesome. I don't know her.
1: They're both super Tim. strong.
0: I don't know either of them. I'll have to find a way to meet them. Uh, I, like, I like doing strong climbers. Too. Tim is incre- Tim is really, really strong. He, uh, he did all three routes at regionals this past weekend, first try. You only get one try. Um, he did all <laughs> three of them uh, to the top. No one else in his category managed that. Did anybody else? Did anybody? So you were both there. Did anybody surprise you
2: at the staff comp? At the staff comp, in a pleasant way. Let's not let's, let's not do the negative
0: surprises. Let's do the pleasant surprises. Nope. Everything worked out pretty much exactly as I thought it would. Like nobody. Hip- I mean, the only pleasant surprise was how I did. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping we were going to get to that. How did you do, Mister Pierce? Mister Doctor Pierce? I finished third in the open category. That's pretty awesome. Now I will admit to. I feel like that's worthy of a knee slap. You can slap your knees for that if you no, want no, to. No, thanks. Okay. Um, I will admit to being calculated in my efforts. I sat there and watched <laughs> you
2: calculate. Like you were, you were very meticulous.
1: I did that a little bit. Well, on the Saturday comp. I uh,
0: I looked at the possible scores available, and I deti- determined what was the best possible score that I believed was within my capabilities. And I didn't waste any energy on trying to do anything else. Hmm. Got it. So it was like not a big deal. I did exactly what I would have done where I, um, I basically warmed up and then you can only score on three climbs. And okay. so I did three climbs in an effort to get the maximum score I could. Are you allowed to do the same climb twice? No. You only get one score per climb but you get one score per climb but can you do it twice like no. can you come off oh you can do it oh, twice yeah. you can you can do it climb a second time and get a better score got it um but it's completing like like let's say you complete the climb you get a certain number of points if you do it your first try second try less points got it you get less points if you get to the second box as well yeah yes okay. not completing a climb is not worth as much as completing a climb I'm just as obvious I'm just as that re- sounds, I'm
2: just wondering if things get knocked down. Okay, listen. Basically, what I'm learning from this is that if I'm ever at Friction Series, which we're going to get to in a second, um, I should talk to you about how to how to score and be advantageous and gamify my points. I won't
0: talk to you about that. What? Why not? Because uh, you will probably not be in the open category. I'm definitely not going to be in the open category. I'm going to be in the beginner category. At that point, what you're looking at is. Um, trying to score the most points without going into a different category. And so we don't announce the divisions between the categories specifically to keep people from uh, sandbagging, sandbagging, which essentially means that they are strong enough to be in the open category, but they've decided they want to win something, so they try to win the advanced category. Yeah.
2: So can I ask you a question, then? Do you know uh, in this Friction series where the split was? I like, do. Like which number was where the splits were at the numbers. Yes. Is it public knowledge at this point? No, it is not. So you can't tell me. I'm not going to. No. Okay. You can't tell me even with like a wink, wink. No, not. <laughs> no.
1: I don't know where the splits were.
2: Okay. Well, to be continued. How was the actual competition? I I did not go to the actual competition. I was biking a hundred miles. Um, <laughs> right. And, I, and because of it, I did not get a purple shirt, because apparently all they had... Nick was like, I'll hook you up. All we have left are smalls and extra smalls, and maybe one medium.
1: They had extra smalls? I got a small extra at the Belmont one, and it's huge on me.
0: There were a lot. <laughs> I think they're big, because <laughs> they uh, I was told that a medium would not fit me, and it seems to fit me quite well. Well, then I probably should have gotten a large, but they were out of the large and the extra larges.
1: Yeah, I want an extra small.
2: You should look into that. That's possible. So how was the competition? I heard you did fairly well, and by fairly well, I hear exceptionally well, and you're going to shut it down, but I thought it was fantastic.
1: Makes (laughs) me super
2: extra excited to have you here tonight.
1: Yeah. um, So I competed on Saturday in the comp, and I actually wasn't feeling great on the day of. Um, Like, I was just feeling really shaky. And I haven't been training much lately, so... um, I have pretty much just been doing my standard three days a week of climbing, but nothing else. (laughs) So general fitness has been okay, but um, I was pleasantly surprised to have made it to finals. So I had made it to finals in SF, um, which was slightly smaller um, group of people that were there. And I ended up in second place there. Um, And then I think I came in like fourth or something for the day. And then struggle, bust my way up the finals route, and managed to fall at the same point as two other girls. Um, so, it was uh, it was fun. It was it's interesting being in finals and um, having to climb in front of everyone. As soon as I made it to finals in SF, I realized like what that meant. Like that that has been a goal for me, like a yeah. personal goal to be able to push my limits. Um, seeing as like two years ago I hated leading, and I was like I this want is- to get over that.
2: This is what we are going to unpack later. This is okay. like, this is this is why you're here.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. I mean, um, it was it was just interesting. Then, like realizing as soon as it happened that then that meant I had to climb in front of everyone. Um,
2: and live streamed.
1: Oh, uh, was it?
2: <laughs> on Instagram. I,
1: don't I
2: believe so. Yeah. Okay. I don't know about the last one, but apparently the first two were.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it was just fun, and I think um, for me even though I wasn't feeling at the top of my game and um, I, like, wasted energy kind of screwing up the beta on, on the finals route, I still managed to find rests and push through, and that mental piece of it um, has always been hard for me, and I've done a lot of work to get over that, and I was just very happy with how I did, given, you know, like, how I've been... How, how I was feeling in general. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it was congratulations.
2: Cool. Awesome. Fantastic. Do they, they keep you all... Like, you guys don't get to see other people climbing it.
1: Right, right. So, they, they put you in isolation. So, we were, we were all warming up in the back bouldering area. And mm-hmm. then they bring us out one at a time. So, they kind of... They went uh, female, male, female, male, back and forth. Yeah. And once you're done climbing, you can sit down and watch the rest. So, um, I was the second person because uh, they go in reverse order. So, the person who came... Who's uh, of the top five from the day? Yeah, the person um, who was at the bottom goes first, and then they work their way up towards yeah. the person at the top. And actually, the girl who came in fifth for the day, she ended up winning. She made it two fo- moves farther than the rest of us, and the girl who came in second made it one move farther. farther. So it yeah. was it was all very close. Um, uh, but it was um, it was kind of cool to to watch the other climbers. I got to watch yeah. three out of the five after me.
2: So we were back in the in the back building area. Was yeah. there any shit talking going on, or is it all just like uh, positive?
1: No, it's all it's all pretty positive. Um, it was a it was a a, a good group of girls. It was three teenagers <laughs> who are like half my age.
0: <laughs> uh, Gwenny is not even a teenager yet. Oh,
1: God, that kills me. <laughs> I'll take it, you know. And then and then Sierra, who um, is about my age, and she is a really strong climber. Um, We're
2: trying to get her on the podcast. I don't think it's going to happen. She needs like
0: five beers, apparently, in order to make oh, that happen. Oh, yeah. She was not interested. <laughs> and by we, he means himself and, yep. and not me.
1: Yeah, so she, she's she's super strong and yeah, she was um, climbing
0: today. I Saw her today.
1: Yeah, I met her outside actually. The first time I met her was at um, I think at Goldwall. wall, um, and uh, we've bumped into each other a bunch at the gym. And so it was it was really cool um, to to watch all of them climb. Alex uh, as well, Alex uh, Plotnikov, She is the one that won Belmont in San Francisco, um, and she's fourteen, something like that.
0: Thirteen or
1: fourteen? I think she's I think she's fourteen. I think she I might asked be her. Now. I think I asked her in San Francisco and she's super sweet. Um and okay. So why do you I this is a question I've got. So
2: why are they people in the in the teens and the and the younger people more apt to, to do it? Is it because of body flexibility? Is it body type? Is it something like that or is it New generation of climbers that are coming up in this area that are well. Really I mean,
1: a lot of them have been climbing since they were quite young, and this is their sport. This is what they train for, right. and they have coaches who are training them to like get really strong. And they don't have full time jobs. Like this is their after school activity, and like they don't mm-hmm. drink alcohol. So
0: <laughs> <Really>?
1: yeah, <laughs> As, you know, like I there's, I could be in better shape than I am, but I like food and and alcohol too much. So this podcast
2: has the explicit <laughs> rating in case you're concerned. Okay. So we can say shit on the on the air, and it's not a
0: problem. <laughs> um, you know the these kids, a lot of them that are competing in Friction series, are training to compete in climbing. Yeah. And there are very few adults that are doing so. Most adults are not training to compete. They're training because this is their passion sport, and they want to go climb outside, and they want to climb well outside. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's true of Bridget and Sierra for sure. Like, they climb in the gym as training for outdoor climbing. Right. Yeah. These kids, it's not that they don't climb outside, but they come to the gym and train for climbing, for competitions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the result is that, you know, they are, A, most prepared for this type of competition. Yeah. And be most excited about it as well. So in, in reality, what we get is we don't actually get a ton of strong adult climbers showing up. Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is um, a, a lot of, the strong adult climbers that I know They they climb outside on the weekends And so they're not coming in to the Friction Series To like fight their way to the front of a line To get on a climb yeah. And you know, it, for me it's um, um,
2: Speaking I've been- of which, Nick asked me to invent A methodology for doing like Using your phone to like tag it and get in line on, on climbs Oh yeah, yeah did, did he? he? Yes <laughs> But did he? Yes <laughs> I had this conversation with Nick. He didn't hire me, but we had a conversation about it. Okay. And I'm like, this sounds like a fun challenge. I may go off and do that. I build iPhone crap. Most people have iPhones. I got a friend who does Android. We'll do both. Windows phone, Mm -hmm. sorry, you're SOL.
1: And then it, like, notifies you when it's your turn? It
2: notifies you when it's your turn. There'll be, like, a a station at the thing you tag in and climb up. It'll be nice. Oh. Hmm. Just
1: Interesting.
0: We'll figure Digital out. Digital
1: scorecards also would save time entering scores at the end. Oh my god, that'd be
0: nice. <laughs> I think I
1: know that would be I nice. Think, I created I think like what a- we're
2: gonna do is we're gonna do a thing where we have like a, a scorecard, we print out the scores and then make Evan do all the math.
1: Oh yeah. That big brain.
2: He's a doctor. <laughs> I'm harping on that too much today. Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, the reason the reason why uh, I, we were super excited. I said, "Okay, we're going to have Bridget in. What should we talk about?" And Evan goes, "Sport climbing and pushing your level on sport climbing." So I, I, I'm going to we're going to skip a bunch of the questions and we're saving for later because Evan told me I have too much. Um, but let's what exactly when you talk about sport climbing, what is sport climbing? Is that just lead climbing, or is that outdoor lead climbing? What's the definition of sport climbing, Doctor? You're asking me. That
1: might be a question. I thought the you were doctor. asking
2: Bridget. Well, I'm, she's gonna answer the next part. This is your part. You gotta, you gotta be, you know.
1: You're the one that knows all the things about the climbing. Plus, oh, I'm afraid I, I'm gonna say something wrong and. I feel like I, you know, I feel like
0: I should give the like the classic definition and say sport climbing is neither what the heck is sport climbing then <laughs> it is neither a sport nor climbing <laughs> do you, i mean so that was a big thing there was a debate back in the day when people when sport climbing started becoming popular the idea of having routes that were bolted on rappel where people put bolts into the rock into the rock while rappelling down the route, mm-hmm. and just plan to climb something for difficulty, um, and uh, the trad climbers got all grumpy about it and like this isn't real climbing and blah blah blah, and so that's the idea of sport climbing is neither a sport nor a nor climb, climb. Yeah. So there's actually a route in Smith Rocks and near Bend, Oregon that is uh, called sport climbing is neither, um relatively nice. famous uh but have basically, you done it I've not been to Smith Rock at all sounds like we could have fixed that I have a van <laughs> we were I, supposed
1: I, to go and then it was too cold
0: yeah lots of things happened it was too cold and then I had pneumonia
1: <laughs> oh that's right oh you were that's right like you almost died. <laughs> I don't yeah. think he almost died yeah did you
0: almost die he was
1: pretty I sick I did
0: not almost die I remember you being I was, sick for a very long time I was sick for a while and then it took me a further, longer while to actually fully recover in my lungs. Just for our podcast uh, audience, this was before we started recording podcasts. Yeah, yeah. but if you want to go listen to Pad Bros, you can hear me ha- my lungs hacking up during some of my podcasts. It was not a good season of uh, <laughs> of, uh, of talking. How many episodes are in a season of Pad Bros? There's, I mean, it's, okay, there's no thanks.
2: seasons. So so okay, it just so keeps going. When we when you when you said. Uh, We'd like to talk to Bridget about
0: pushing the difficulty in sport climbing. I still haven't defined sport climbing. That's what I'm trying to get to. (laughs) So, uh, sport climbing is uh, fixed protection. So, there's either bolts in the wall with draws on them or bolts in the wall with you bringing quick draws and clipping them in. Okay. But basically, fixed protection Which means that you are able to push your limits of climbing ability um, and you have minimal effort actually applied to protecting the route. Got it. Um, So if it's somewhere with all the gear hung on, on the wall on the route already... Um, all you do is take, pull up your rope and clip it to the thing and keep going. Right. Um, whereas, uh, you know, you might run into something where it's just bolt hangers on the wall where you have to, like, take a quick draw off your harness, clip it in, and then clip the rope into that. So it'll be a little bit longer. Um, but sport climbing, the idea behind it is it's going to be, like, almost 100% face climbing versus okay. crack climbing. Almost 100% face climbing. And you are able to push your limits without having to spend too much time thinking about placing gear or is this gear going to hold me if I fall and things like that got it so the question that I still have
2: is lead climbing at the gym considered sport climbing
0: yeah sure I mean gym climbing is gym climbing yeah so no I mean, I, indoor rock climbing is a separate thing from outdoor rock climbing in many senses. So sport climbing is specifically outdoor? I wouldn't say that.
1: I I don't know. I, He's I, talking I, in
0: circles. Why are not mean, talking it, in circles?
1: But, it, I mean, like, gym climbing is just a separate thing. You know, you it's mm-hmm. obviously related, but it's not necessarily comparable. So, um, okay. if you say, like, I'm going to... I mean, I would say... In the last two years, I've been more focused on sport climbing, right, in general, right? Now, the majority of that has been in the gym. Yeah. Um, but, like Evan was saying, that is because I want to be able to sport climb hard things outside.
2: That, that's actually where I was going to take it. I was going to take it. So when you have been pushing your level on sport climbing, it, it's both. It's inside and
0: then yeah. outside. Okay. Yeah. So um, I think that the what you're looking for there is the things that translate. Right. Right. I mean, and I and the idea of doing moves that you don't know if you will complete and having to do that while, you know, on a rope and knowing that if you fall, you're going to fall down below your last bolt and before you're caught by the rope, those sorts of things are they happen both indoors and outdoors. And there's the mental aspect of that mm-hmm. that does correlate fairly directly i think it does i know some people the mere fact that they're outdoors changes their comfort level and so you know you you could be in a in a Uh, you could be in an identical situation physically indoors and the same situation physically outdoors and outdoors feels worse i'm one of those people
2: I, I mean, I, like I, you're not I alone.
0: Am, I have anxiety outside,
2: but I, that's mostly because I'm unfamiliar. But let's let's talk about not me in this situation. We keep, we've talked about me for nine, eight episodes. We don't need to, we don't need that in this
0: one. Um, I mean, this podcast is about one man's journey. Yeah, but this <laughs> is my
2: journey. I'm discovering. I have I have more knowledge than just mine right now, and I'm trying to consume it. Um, so the the question that I wrote down was. Um, you you've been pushing your yourself to try and get better at the sport climbing stuff. What tips do you have for other people who are trying to do that? How did, how have you done it? What what can other people do?
0: Uh, it's a really broad question. Like, do you want to narrow it? You want yeah, to, I would. I would say it. like you're what you're looking for from Bridget is 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 broad. So, as a starting point, why don't we ask Bridget, like. When you started sport climbing a lot, what was what was the thing that, what was the thing that you changed your mind about, that led you to sport climbing more than bouldering? So you were very comfortable bouldering and bouldering relatively hard. What led you into sport climbing, and and what had kept you out of sport climbing up until that point?
1: Um, it's almost like you know my story. <laughs> So, yeah, so I'd been bouldering for, like, five years um, pretty solidly, and and I was climbing pretty hard, and um, I was terrified of leading. I hated it. I had my lead card. I had it for a couple years, but I would never lead anything that I thought I might fall on. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I hated taking falls. I absolutely hated it. And what led me to... Change my mind. Um, well, I had a couple friends, including this guy, who were trying to get me she's to lead Evan. more. <laughs> she,
0: she, she. Yeah, she's not pointing at Zach.
1: Yeah, so including Evan, that were trying to get me to lead more. So when I started working at Planet Granite, um, I kind of avoid taking my lead test for a while. I didn't have my Planet Granite lead card. I had my Touchstone lead card, because I used to live in Berkeley. Um, okay. and I your
2: Ironworks is great.
1: Yeah. I yeah, so I avoided taking it for a while. Then I eventually got it, and then um, I still avoided leading a lot, mostly because Evan would try to make me take falls, and I didn't like that. And then um, the turning point, actually, I think, was when I was in Australia. Oh, really? So I guess that was like three years ago. Um, No, it was two years ago. It was 2015. Spring of 2015, I went down to Australia, um, sort of for a family reunion. Uh, My mother's from there. But I spent a week climbing as well. And I was out there, and I was on this climb that was well within my limits. Um, And I was actually climbing with a friend of a mutual friend of ours. Um, He and his girlfriend took me out to the Grampians, and it was amazing. It was beautiful. Um, And I got through the hard part. It was like this really overhung, burly, bouldery, like... Just keep climbing thing. And I got through all of that. And then I got to the clip where I had to pull out onto this slabby face. That turned into, like, 5'9 climbing, right? Okay. And this this whole climb was, like, well within my limits of what I was physically capable of. And I panicked. I absolutely, like, panicked. And I, like, made him take. And I, like, sat there for a while. And I... I was just really stressed out about the idea of having to pull out onto this very exposed face. Because um, like you said, climbing outside is like a whole different thing. Not to mention the fact that even climbing indoors, lead climbing, made me really anxious. Yeah. Um, and eventually I ended up finishing the route, uh, got a really cool photo out of it, which everybody thinks is really like a really awesome photo. And I'm like, you don't know the story behind it. I absolutely had a panic attack halfway up that thing. <laughs> Mm. But it made me realize that um, what was holding me back was myself and that, like, I was going to these amazing, beautiful places on the other side of the world and I was not climbing to my full potential because I was letting myself shut down. And so when I got back, I decided that I wanted it. I I wanted to climb harder. Mm. I hadn't really enjoyed rope climbing and, um, or sport climbing in, in, in general because mostly I would top rope and I could top rope pretty much all of the things in the gym that were top ropeable. Um, so I didn't find it physically challenging for me, um, which is why I always preferred bouldering. And then I hit this point where I was like, I want it. I want to be able to climb hard things on lead and I want to get over that fear. And so as soon as I kind of decided that, all of the people that I climbed with knew that it was Evan. It was his friend Rick. It was um, Joey, and they wouldn't let me back down. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and for me, if it's what I want, all you have to do is like give me a hard time, and I will, I will do it because I'm stubborn.
2: <laughs> well, if you ever need anybody to ever give you a hard time in the future,
0: I'm a, I'm really good at that at the gym. Dude, yeah, do volunteers for that every time. <laughs> I love I've never work. heard anyone there's never pass up an opportunity to give to, someone a hard time to heckle.
1: Are you yeah. just like the guy that likes to heckle?
0: I like to prod a little bit yeah,
2: yeah. I'm that guy that sounds like that sounds really great. I think um you know in that story um I think there's some really interesting stuff for for maybe a lot of our listeners the i I mean you're talking about fear yeah we you know I think we all have that. Um, you know as i'm trying to figure out you know what i can take from this and and try to apply it to kind of my climbing um the the you know my fear is, is very different like i i am also very afraid of lead climbing i'm mostly very afraid of lead climbing because i perceive myself as being very 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 heavy and i'm really afraid of hurting my belayer like that is like that is a constant fear that i have
1: yeah.
2: and it's like it's it's one of the things that like prevents me from doing anything. Like, yeah, I will, I'll only climb with like I'll climb if Pedro belaying me. I'll climb if, I'll climb if Evans belaying me, but yeah. I will not climb if you know I have I have a friend who I climb with, um, and she's she's actually a really great belayer, but I won't let her yeah. belay me on anything that I feel like there's a chance of me not making it to this you know fourth clip completely easy. Like I don't feel safe. Until like yeah,
1: I mean, that's hard. Um, I, like, I've like i been on a number of climbing trips where I've kind of been by myself for a couple weeks. And every time, um, you know, as I was meeting new people, yeah. I would always... My criteria was, like, if I meet you at the crag and I'm able to watch you belay... Um, and I see that you know what you're doing. I will approach you and say, "Hey, I'm here for a few more days. Yeah. You know, are you, do you have any other climbing partners lined up for the next couple of days? Do you mind if I join you?" And I'm I'm very, very much, um, I'm very careful about that because it's it's a safety thing, right? And yeah. so, and I know that I'm not going to push my my limits if I'm not comfortable. Um, right. So it's it's understandable, right, that that you yeah. kind of want that. That comfort and well, it's
2: safety for me, but it's you know also safety for the person with. Yeah, that's like, fair. Like I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to put anybody else in danger.
1: But that's the other thing is like for me, um, the biggest thing about getting over the fear part was being able to calm myself down enough to examine the rationality yeah. of that fear, right, and understand: am I actually in a sketchy position where I want to take because if I take a fall, it's going to be pretty rough, yeah, right? Or am I just Am I just panicking and and bailing? Right? right. That's that's my mo. Like panic and bail. <laughs> right. And so I, it's it's when you're able to actually do that. When you're able to actually take a step back, and um, and understand. You know, at, no, I've actually taken a fall like this before, and it was fine. You know, I took like a huge pendulum fall going for, like, the third or fourth bolt outside in Colorado, but I knew that I was going to be okay because I, like, understood how far away I was, how good my belayer was, and yeah. I, when I fell, there were these three guys watching, and they all kind of, as soon as I stopped moving, it was it was a pretty big fall, and yeah. they all go, that was such a quiet fall. Like, <laughs> you, you were so calm. You didn't make any noise at all. And it's just like, well, you know... Like one, I, I wasn't really expecting it, but two, I also you know understood that like if I went for the move, I wasn't putting myself in a dangerous position because I like the I've taken pendulum falls before where you're out to the side of your last bolt and like it's okay, it's not the most pleasant thing sometimes, but it's okay. So so,
2: so the other thing I wanted to say, and this I should have said first, it's really awesome that you've been able to kind of do that, see that, and progress to that. That's fantastic. I a lot of, I don't know a lot of people who are able to kind of do that like do that in all areas. So I I have never done that in climbing, like I haven't done it in climbing, but I've done it in cheer. Like I've kind of had that thing where like I've realized that my perceived limit, like what my what I think my limit is, is nowhere near my actual limit. Like it's it's significant, like my actual limit is significantly higher than what I think my limit is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um there are a number of different things that have forced me to realize that. I remember one time I was climbing with Evan, and uh, he was doing his normal, like, doubles warming up, and he did this, like, 10 C or D up the double wave, right? Mm-hmm. Jug haul, like, super long climb up the double wave, um, and then he gets on, like, an 11 C up the slightly more vertical face to the right of the double wave after. Yep. So then it's my turn, and I get on the 10, right? And m- meanwhile, I'm a boulder at this point, and I just, like... Burl my way up it, no rests, absolutely just, like, pull to the top, and I come down, and I'm super pumped, and Evan looks at me, and he's like, don't untie, and I was like, what do you mean? he's like, you're going to do the blue one, and I was like, I am not doing the same doubles as you, are you kidding, like, I am not doing that, and he's like, you should have rested more, you climb like a boulderer, you need to rest more on the wall, and just get on this climb and see how far you can go. Because I know that you're capable of doing it. And I know that you're really pumped. But just see how far you get. Right. And I ended up flashing it. Oh, nice. And On lead. And it was like, hey, mostly because I didn't want to fall. <laughs> Which, like, I realized I can climb a lot of things because I don't want to fall.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's a good instinct.
1: Yeah, but it also just made me realize that I, um, I could... I could hold on a lot longer than I thought I could. And even now, like, that is a regular part of my routine where when I finally send something that I've been working um, in the gym, something hard, I get right back on it and I see how far I can make it. And, like, sometimes I've ended up doing four laps on something without falling because um, once I do it the first time, I get it dialed and I know where the rests are and... Um, and I can hold on a lot longer than I think I can. It's one of those things where your perceived limit and your actual limit don't always line up, and you can really surprise yourself.
2: Yeah, they often don't. <laughs> Sorry, we've been back and forth. Evan, you got anything to add right now? No, Just sitting over good, the corner, huh?
0: deep breathing. <laughs> no, I, I think it's I think it's a lot of interesting points were brought up. Um, you know, the idea of your perceived limit and your actual limit. Um, I think it's also, like, you're, you're saying that, like, the idea that you're afraid of falling can be both a motivating factor and a negative factor, right? And it's it's the balance of those that we kind of need to examine, where you may feel, I can't fall. I don't want to fall. Right. So you just keep climbing, and you make moves, and you make clips, and you keep making moves. That's awesome. Like, that can propel you to the top of something where you didn't maybe think you could make it from a standpoint of being tired or pumped. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But that exact same feeling can shut you down in those situations where you're like, I got to keep going. And like, oh, I I can't fall. So I can't do this move because I might not make it. And I'm sure that Bridget encountered that where, like, you know, we put her on something that's like, where every move, like you're talking elevens, she was saying like something in the mid eleven range, whereas she was bouldering V eight at the time, right? V eight yeah. would translate to mid five thirteen. Okay. On a on a sport route, like if there's if there's V eight moves, if there's V eight boulder problems in a sport route, it's going to be about five thirteen B or C, um, and we're talking eleven C mid eleven, which you're looking at more like of v2 or v3 right so there's, oh, wow i feel there's like a, i'm a way better boulder than i am climber <laughs> there is a really big difference in terms of the difficulty of moves and so she is is is, is more than capable of doing every single move day, right yeah and so that's why she was able to keep going right? She's Mm -hmm. afraid of falling, but she knows she can make every one of these moves. She's just like, oh, I'm tired. I don't think I can keep going. I I can't do that because I'm tired. And then she's like, I don't want to fall, so I'm going to make this next move, and I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to make these clips. And So that fear of falling drove her up this climb where every move was well below her actual physical limit. Whereas... Still at that same stage in her development as a sport climber, she's going to get on a 512 where there may be a V5 or a V6 move that doesn't feel 100%, doesn't feel below her limit by that kind of comfort zone, that kind of comfort level. And then she won't even do the move or try the move because she knows that there's a chance... You know, maybe it, maybe only a 15% chance, maybe only a 20% chance, but there's still a chance that she might not yeah. make it. Yeah. And these are the kind of moves where if you don't make it, you don't get to keep holding on after trying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those are, like, committing moves. And so there, you know, I think that the interesting next question for Bridget is, how did you go from that fear of falling driving you up a climb and, and, testing your limits of endurance to being able to get past that fear of climb in situations where the moves become lower percentage and and being able to accept those falls.
1: I think, I mean, so one of, um, one of it, one of the things was just like getting used to it. And even now where if I haven't taken a fall in a while, indoors or outdoors, there are times when I freeze up again, um, and I hesitate, and I suddenly I'm like, "Oh my god!" I you know I don't want to I don't want to take a fall where my last bolt is below me. Um, but in general, um, part of it was exposure. So I ended up taking the um, the Warriors Way Clinic. Uh-huh. They were they were in town, and they had two extra spots, and so me and one of the other staff members, Amy, we ended up taking it, um, and it was. The whole idea behind the Warrior's Way is just...
0: I mean, they call it a commitment and fear of falling clinic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was exactly what I needed. It was exactly what I needed. And and I was already kind of on my way that, you know, like, I was already seeing positive progress just from, like I said, wanting it and wanting to push myself more Um, and and having awesome climbing partners who, you know, knew how to to push me on that. But um, it was also, again, just... Having the experience of having having taken a pendulum fall or having taken a fall while clipping, right, with clipping slack out and not making the clip and taking the fall, yeah. which was always one of my biggest fears, um, was, like, what happens if I'm trying to clip and I, I fuck it up, right? Like, yeah. what happens? Um, and the answer is, like, it's actually okay,
0: you fall a little farther. So. Yeah. And if you've if you've so done if you've done your mental homework before that before committing to that movement, you know, which is the idea of like, what is my current situation? Am I putting myself at at a too high of a level of risk by attempting this movement? If the answer is yes, then you back off. Yeah. If the answer is no then you commit to it. And that's kind of like what they do in Warrior's Way and talking about like, you know, you look and you're like, oh, like if I pull up this arm full of slack and try to clip this clip and fall while trying to do it, what are the consequences? If the consequences is that I fall a little farther and still hit nothing but air, or like I fall a little farther and my feet gently go into the wall, then you're okay, go for it. Yeah. If the con- if the idea of the consequences is like, maybe you're outside and you're like, if I blow this clip, I'm going to hit that ledge and break both my ankles...
1: Because I'm going to hit that
0: ledge on a free fall, then you maybe think, like, well, I don't have this well enough to try that. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: If you, you know, you analyze those consequences and you make your decision based off that. But once you've made your decision, you commit to it and you don't let the the consequences themselves affect you anymore.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, honestly, um, that was one of the things that Joey said to me before I got on the wall at the comp for finals. He said, you know, hey, like, breathe. You're gonna do great, and don't hesitate, right? Because that's still something that I have to struggle with, right? Yep. Is is being able to evaluate the rationality of whatever fear is coming up, yep. right? Um, but make a decision and go with it. Um, once once you've made a decision to like do the move or try the move or or clip, right? Um, if if you're <laughs> gonna pick the slack up all the way, and then at the last minute, drop it, and then, like, still hold on, it's, it's, you're wasting your own energy, and, and not to say that I haven't done that, but it's, like, it's, I, it's something that I still struggle with, and I, I just have to remind myself, like, just go for the move, or go for the clip, but whatever you're gonna do, make a decision, understand, like, what the consequences are, and, and move on, right? Yeah,
2: so I'm, I'm taking all the stuff that you're saying, and actually playing it through my climbing session today, and I had I had five climbs today. I did. I was mostly climbing easy stuff because I was with somebody who hadn't climbed in a while, um, who's way better than me. But
0: they were they were out for a bit. I'm pretty sure you described that. That's your description for everyone that you climb with. Yeah, I'm definitely the worst person I climb with. Okay, I don't know if that's true,
2: but all right. But so my friend, my friend who I was climbing today, she just had her second kid, and uh, and so like she's been out for you know six months or so, and she's back in the gym. That we're doing like we did a. We did. We were in the crow's nest. We did a ten A as our second climb, and then we there was a ten C right there, like a yellow ten C. That was up the thing, and I'd, I think Adriel put that on, put me on that last week, and I did pretty good on it last week. And so she got up, and she had a really hard time. She like took a couple of takes, and she was really pumpy. And so I get on. I'm like, you know, I think I did this last week. I don't think this was that bad. I get on it, and it was it was not a very, it's not a very connected climb. Like I was, I was really agitated and really like away from the climb I got up it I just kept on pushing and there were a couple of times where I did take breaks I did breathe through it but I committed to it and I did that and then we did the uh then we did the 210 A's that are there's like a brown and a, and a green one right across from that and uh you know she had a hard time she couldn't read the beta going up the brown and I I've done it several times I knew the beta it was super easy where we, And then the the green when I got up, and it wasn't, it's not that much harder, but like I just, I felt so shaky the whole way up. Like yes, it was my fifth climb of the day. Yes, I, but like I was, I just, I was in my head. And I got to the top and I actually, I think I I didn't even finish. I just got like there and I was like, there's this one move where I had to like push into the wall and just commit to it. And I was just like, I'm too nervous to do this. And like, that's not a rational fear. That's an
0: irrational fear. I'm on top rope. Like, yeah. The, yeah nothing's going on I just just go yeah. I
1: just
0: and so i I think that that's kind of what Bridget's getting at in this situation where you have to you have to like take a deep breath and focus on what are the consequences of failure in this situation yeah and then when you can realize that you know logically you can accept the consequences of failure that's that it means the thing. that you then you then let go of that
1: mm-hmm. and
0: commit to the movement that you're going to do yeah. because you 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 do that from the the basis of being like i have analyzed the situation and i have accepted this level of risk and i've accepted these consequences and whether i succeed or fail i know that i i have accepted it yeah, yeah. i accept either outcome
1: for me, the, the ability, my ability to do that, um, I've gotten faster at it over time. Like yeah. that, it, it, you know, it's a it's continued progress over time. It's not like I woke up one day and was like, I'm going to lead climb all the things and I'm not going to be scared at all, you know. Um,
2: but if that had happened, that would have been awesome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it would have been. It would have been. Um I mean, the fact that one time Evan told my climbing partner that she wasn't allowed to take all night, I was just like, okay, I guess I'm just going to keep climbing, (laughs) but, um, but I mean, in general, like just that ability to recognize the fear and shut it down if it's irrational, um, and, and be able to do that quickly has, I mean, my climbing has progressed immensely. I took my first outdoor lead fall about a year and a half ago, like October, um, 2015 out at Goldwall. And like two months later, I sent my first 12 outside and it was just like, wow, I can be pushing myself a lot, a lot harder.
2: Do you ever notice it? So this is the thing that happens for me. There are days where I'm like, yeah, I'm on. Like I I can get it. I can be with it and I'm with it and I'm able to do this stuff and I don't give up. And then there are days where I'm like, I'm in there and it's, it just falls apart. Do you have any tips for people like me who like get to that situation where we're, we have those great days and then we have the days where we
1: fall apart? So for me, um, it's it's so hard, I think, to stay to or to be motivated with your session when you recognize that there's something off, right? When maybe you had a really good day the last time you were there mm-hmm. um, and you're not having a good day today. And for me, what has really helped is um, still trying to make the session beneficial in some way. Yeah. So uh, when I bouldered... Um, If I was falling off things that I knew I could do, right, I would go two grades harder. Because then I was falling off, but I wasn't feeling bad about it (laughs) because it was really hard, and I was working hard moves, Mm -hmm. and so it was still um, progressing my climbing in some way. I wasn't falling on things that I can do anyway, and um, and like getting frustrated and struggling with it, and like losing motivation to be there in general. Uh, But I was, you know, I so I was still falling, but again, I was working harder moves. And even when I route climb, like if I come in and I'm like, I'm going to do triples today. That is what I'm going to do. I'm going to work my endurance, and I start and I feel like absolute crap I still try to make a, the session productive in some way yeah. right and I and I think that it it just takes knowing like well, just wanna, how, how to make it productive
2: I just want to say it's awesome that you do it that way you're like you're like okay I'm falling off this I'm gonna bump up and do something else and follow something harder I start falling and I'm like okay I'm gonna back down and find something that I can do so I can get the confidence back I, I think that's a really interesting approach I'm gonna try and remember that
1: yeah I mean, it's it's different for everybody, but I yeah. I just find that um, it. I mean, it really depends on what your goals are, but for me, it's not productive for me to uh, to just climb things that are well below my limit. That um, that like on a really good day are a walk in the park for me, yeah. right? It's it's not going to get my endurance up because like I could climb them for days without falling, um, and it's not going to. Push my power because there are no moves that are outside of my the range of what I can do power wise, right? And, and that's that goes back to kind of how the moves translate to boulder problems. Yeah. Um. And so it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, if if I'm not able to do this thing that I thought I was going to be able to do today, if I can't do laps on um on stuff, and that's going to really help build my endurance, then I'm I'm going to get on something that is a project-level climb for me. And maybe I'm not going to do as well as the last time I got on it, but I'm going to work all the moves, I'm going to become more and more familiar with it, mm-hmm. and um, and I'm going to get it that much more dialed so that the next time I come in, when I am having a good day, I I have more knowledge, right? I've used that session to be productive in some way. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I've tried to approach it.
2: So I feel like this is a whole nother episode that we should schedule at some point in the future (laughs) about um, diversity of climate regime. Like, the whole notion of, like, project versus endurance versus the other things. I mean, yeah, I've seen all of these, I've done all of these in pieces, but I've never actually really put them together, and I think it would be an interesting topic. But let's not dwell there. Do we have anything else that you feel is particularly relevant to ask question-wise on this? No. No. So then can I ask a couple of, like, little floofy questions and then do whatever you want. Ra- I, I feel like I'm going to have to listen to this thing at least seven or 18 times, 17 or 18 times before I, before I fully understand all the stuff that's gone on so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay.
0: I would, the only thing I have to add to the last thing that came up was uh, the idea that um, when you're having a bad day, one of the things I find is it's very beneficial for me to work on a project as Bridget was saying. Because I find that if I am not feeling as strong as I normally do, then I also like can explore beta. And I find that like if I can find the way to do a movement that I can do on a day when I'm not feeling well, then that establishes that movement as really the most efficient thing for me to do. So if I do that movement when I'm feeling strong, then I have saved energy uh, that I can use later in the climb. Uh, like, you know, if I'm if you are like maybe projecting a route and you kinda of rest part way up it and then you go a little higher and you rest part way up it, a day when you're not feeling good is the best day to be trying the end of that. <laughs> because okay. because then you get the closest to the feeling that you get after you've climbed all the way from the bottom to the top without without resting or hanging on the rope. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah no, it makes sense. Yeah. I've definitely uh, gotten on some routes on days where I feel super strong. And I just end up like pulling through sections and I get on it a few days later when I'm not feeling as strong. And I'm like, how did I even do that? Like, <laughs> clearly I, that can't be the most efficient way to do that because that is just really fucking hard. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's how I fell in the 10 today. I'm like the 10 that I did I did the other day. I was like, this is easy. Did today and my friend had complained about it. And I got up there, I'm like, Yeah, this is like this is yeah. pretty pumpy. I got to I mean, I got up it and I had to breathe a bit, but I was able to find my way through it. But yeah. yeah. Um, okay.
1: Floofy questions.
2: Floofy questions. Who, if you have to pick one person or just a very small number of people, who would be your sport
0: climbing hero? Are you asking me? I'm asking both of you. Pop quiz. I don't have a sport climbing hero. Sport climbing know. is neither.
2: <laughs> if you had to pick someone to be closest, it would be the closest thing to a sport climbing hero?
1: Uh, I don't Dr. know. Dr. Pierce? <laughs> <laughs> Please, no. no, 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 no! I'm just joking. I, I was
0: like, I that. there's no, there's no reason to select me. Uh, well, you are the third,
2: like, the best. Third, what the third best in the staff climbing competition? I
0: was, I suppose. Also, because I looked at the scorecard to figure out how I could. Finished. Game. This is you still. You're still a, I wasn't gaming the system. Everyone had the same scorecard. You're still a <laughs> metal finisher. Um. I don't know. It's, don't dodge the question. It's really hard to pick a sport climbing hero. I've never really had okay. someone that I thought of as a hero for sport climbing. Um. I guess I've always identified identified climbing. Uh. My climbing aspirations around people that do things other than sport climbing. Got it. And been, I mean, like, sport climbing is super cool. I enjoy it. Um, and I'm very, very impressed with a lot of sport climbers that are out there. But I also just don't get the same emotional response that I do to someone who's doing things that I think are, like, more badass than I would be willing to do. Got it. So Does that so, make so sense? So, so like, for, you,
2: for you, the whole notion of throwing the word here and there makes it so esoteric that you don't have somebody in mind.
0: I don't know if I'd say esoteric, but like, let's look at. I mean, like, my, say, say, like Mark. You could say,
2: you know, various other people. What? Who's the guy that we went climbing with in Utah? Mark Silos? Yeah,
0: that guy. I mean, he's awesome. That's what I'm saying. He's not going to be my climbing hero. He's kind of my climbing hero. All right. Well, that's fine. Mark. I mean, I think the. You know, I met him once. Mark does climb at a very cool level. Yeah, Uh, He also likes coffee. very impressive, and he's into coffee. So, I mean, I guess those are good qualifications. But, uh, you know, I mean, like we've talked about it. Like uh, I think Peter Croft is one of my climbing idols and heroes. Yeah. yeah. uh, I mean, if you look at the things that he does, it's not that he never climbed any hard sport climbs. He did. But, like, those aren't the things that inspire me about him. Got it. Or about a lead find card. Inspiring, huh? He also doesn't have a lead card at Planet Granite for one of his. He saying. does not have a lead card at Planet Granite. Okay. He chose not to take a lead test. Let's let's ask Bridget. Do you
2: have a sports climbing hero? Or are you gonna give me the same answer that Evan did?
1: I don't know. I guess um I I again, like I admire a lot of people who sport climb, but I don't necessarily know that I follow any enough to say, like, oh, that person is, like, who I'm aspiring to be. I, I think for me, um, when I bouldered, I, like, my eyes would just go crazy for Alex Puccio. She is incredible. Like, she is so strong. Sorry, say
2: the name slower.
1: Alex Puccio. So okay. she is, like, a really strong boulder. She, I mean, she's, she's just a really strong climber in general. She has won ABS Nationals, like, eight out of the last 10 years or something. And, and that for me, especially when I was first um, bouldering, it was just really awesome to see a woman on top and, and to be like crushing so hard and climbing as hard as she does. Um, but for sport climbing, it's really been such a, a personal journey for me to like work through all of my own things. Um, and, and since it was such a, a mental roadblock rather than a physical one that I was working through, um, it's not as though there aren't people in the sport climbing world that, that are inspirational, but I, I can't say I was, I've ever really been focused on, um, following what a specific climber is doing and, and I'm, I've been more focused on like, how can I continue to push my own, my own limits of my climbing,
2: I don't want to diminish of that, but basically what I'm taking away from this is floofy, floofy question number one, fail.
1: Yeah, we're too cool for that. If you want.
2: <laughs> I'm taking away the failure. Okay, uh, favorite place to go sport climbing. For, this is South Beta. Like, from here, favorite favorite place to go sport climbing around here. Around here? Uh, from here. You're starting here. You can drive there. It could be Utah, but, like, tell me. <laughs>
1: I mean, I I'm pretty sure I started here and ended up in Australia. And so does that
2: count? <laughs> you have to you have to include the factor of transportation time.
1: Okay, so I'd say Goldwall. I've been to jailhouse once, uh and the three, nothing against it. Bitch. Um and I enjoyed it, but it's hard for me to get out there. But I, I really like Goldwall. I've actually uh, the last four weekends I've been out there. Um so as far as, like, something that's day-trippable or weekend-trippable from here pretty easily, um, I'd say Goldwall is really cool. It's, it's really cool fitness climbing. It, the, yeah. the, the Routes are just, like, super long. Um, and so as someone who has, like, been working a lot on endurance in the last year and can hold on for a really long time as long as I can figure out where the hell I'm going, um, I, I really enjoy climbing out there. That's, um, that's kind of what I've been enjoying recently. But I feel like every time somebody asks me where my favorite place to climb is, it's always wherever I went recently. So the That's other fine. the other thing on the list is Colorado. I went to Colorado for the first time last month, and I you d- climb? didn't want to leave. Um, I climbed in the Flatirons and Boulder Canyon and. Uh, is Boulder
2: Canyon near Boulder.
1: Yes, and okay. then uh, Clear Creek Canyon as well. Okay. So I got to do quite a bit of climbing over the, like the two days that I was there, and it was it was really awesome. And I hadn't climbed outside in a long time, and I was really happy with how comfortable I felt leading.
2: So I uh, I was in Boulder at the Patagonia store. We talked about that another time, but I have not climbed there. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it was great. I have like my grandparents are out there. They'd love to see me more. Evan,
0: Jailhouse, Jailhouse. It's not my favorite sport climbing area, but have uh, you been on Pardon? Like coming out from the Bay Area, have you been on Pardon recently? No, I didn't go. It was super wet this year, and uh, I mean, it rained a bunch in California, and the result is that uh, Jailhouse was was wet. And, And Jailhouse stays dry in the rain, but once the ground is wet, the water seeps out the side of the cliff. Got it. And so holds get wet from seepage rather than from actual contact with raindrops. Um and uh it was wet enough and then by the time it stopped by the time it kinda dried out, A it still rained a bit more. But B, by the time it kinda dried out it was it was pretty hot and pretty muggy there. So you're waiting for the fall. Yeah, I'll start okay. going in the yeah. fall for sure. I'm gonna come belay you. Okay.
1: The one time I went to jailhouse it was about two months ago and it was super muggy. <laughs> It was dry, but very muggy.
0: And, and I'll say that Jailhouse, as much as I enjoy it, uh, going there and starting a project is like work. It's as close as climbing gets to work, in my experience. Mm-hmm. And uh, Except when you're bolting a route and cleaning a route, because that's for sure work. But that's Have work. you done that? No. That's okay. work so that you can climb, but <laughs> um, when actual climbing turns into work, that's starting uh, doing your first burns on a project at jailhouse it's it's like a lot of hanging there and feeling around and yelling down to people to try to find out how they did it and then uh, I was really really not interested in starting that with like maybe two or three three trips left in the season mm-hmm. so I was just like, yeah I'll do it next So can I ask you uh, an additional question about this
2: Someone who's climbing low tents is there any good sport climbing? Is it pinnacles, is there any good sport climbing for people like me?
0: The Bay Area is not blessed with a uh, wide selection of moderate sport climbing. Got it, yeah.
1: yeah I mean, there are a couple of tens at, at Goldwall. Um,
0: I think Big Chief, was, but they are not very good,
1: but they are not very good, yeah. yeah. In fact, a 5.9 is like super sketch.
0: <laughs> Big Chief is a good, good recommendation, yeah. Uh, I, I've never been there, but my... You sent me there. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that I've actually been there. <laughs> okay.
1: I've been there, and and I would absolutely agree that it, it is a good recommendation for... I mean, I think that was, uh, like, one of the first outdoor leads I did, maybe, like, the, yeah. the, the second time I'd ever done outdoor lead climbing. This was, like, years ago, and I was like, I will lead a 5.8 <laughs> because I know I will not fall. <laughs> right. But, it, you know, it's, like, it's it's got really good kind of moderate stuff. Yeah. Um, Cool. Yeah.
2: I've done, I did it. That's We went there once, but it's been like three years.
1: Yeah. yeah. Last summer they had a bunch of um, yellow jackets, though. Oh, really? At the end of the summer. Like, this girl was on the climb next to me, and she got stung while climbing. Oh, wow. That's not good. No.
2: <laughs> okay. Uh I'm going to say, I think we're done. Are we done? I think we're I th- I think No more fluffy questions? I think, well I mean, I, the rest of my fluffy questions I don't like, so <laughs> Oh I'm s- no! I'm gonna save, I'm gonna save some stuff for l- I definitely feel like, um, it's been great having you here. I definitely feel like there are at least two more episodes that I got from this that I'd love to, to bring you <laughs> on to Um, and they you don't You wanna up- ask
1: me more questions?
2: I do, I so I think there's, one of the things that I'd like to Unpack later is I think there's a uh, certain stigma around female climbers. And I feel like as two male climbers, we don't understand any of the any of the issues that you guys go through. Uh, can you explain stigma? Stigma might be the wrong word. It might be.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was. <laughs> <thinking>. I'm fairly
2: <laughs> confident that that's the wrong word. Sure, I have word problems. I I think there might be some challenges, being a female climber. Different things.
1: I don't um, know. Maybe maybe
2: not. Like there there's less.
1: I don't know. I I mean I don't know. I feel like uh, is that not worthy of an episode? I mean, not a whole episode. I'd say like the the as a female climber, like yeah, you sometimes you get underestimated or or you know uh, if you're strong, it's like, oh, your is your boyfriend also a really strong climber? Like, are you strong because some other guy? is is stronger than you and has been pushing you to climb or or there's like um navigating the dating scene where guys are like weird if you climb harder than them
2: yeah um, I, I such so stupid guys
1: stupid guys yeah stupid guys I, I not the guy I'm that. dating he's great
2: yeah the guy you're dating is great and his beard is fantastic it uh, is. The, the the thing that I will the thing that I' say is you know in in this uh, my other sport the the whole guy girl thing is really uh, has really been challenging for me over the you know twenty plus years I've done it and uh, it's kind of the reverse so in mm-hmm. that sport like girls are the norm guys are kind of weird I mean yes all the great programs are co-ed, but you know if you say that you're uh, a female or you say that you're a male cheerleader that's like a interesting thing to say whereas if you're a female cheerleader that's like a,
1: a yeah but I I guess thing. I feel like uh, there I'd say uh, stigma is a more appropriate word for cheerleading right there is yeah. there is definitely a stigma around men being cheerleaders right and women to a certain extent and and yeah absolutely there's 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 a certain stigma around being cheerleaders about like what that means about who you are as a person either right. as a female or as a male and like those those are different right but with yeah. climbing i feel like um it's just it, it's different you know it's maybe not the most Female-friendly environment all of the time, Natural but I, time, I, I, I. It's not like uh, It's not like when I meet people who aren't climbers, and they find out that I'm a climber, they make certain assumptions about me um, in the same in the same way. I guess. Okay. So.
2: No. I, it, well, at least I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I, you know, I think you're probably right there, but I, I still think I'd like some time to think about maybe yeah. propose some ideas to you about that.
0: I think what we're looking at to unpack. Is, Great term. Is
2: that was <laughs> well, awesome?
0: I've just borrowed it from you. Fantastic. It is is uh, you know your perception of the female climber experience versus Bridget's perception of it? Which okay. I hesitate. I'm not going to label it Bridget's perception the reality. It's closer than mine, probably. But it is probably closer than yours. Yeah. Like yeah. that's.
2: I feel like that's definitely truth. All right. So there's that one, and then uh, I forgot what the other one was, but I'm sure it'll come to me in my drive home. We'll unpack it. One pack, one thing. something. I am. Once we get home, I, I am. <laughs> uh, in. Any, anybody got anything else, or do we just want to do
0: our, our classic outro? Uh, I don't know where we're at, dude. I time wise, uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty Pound sure it. I know where we're at time wise. <laughs> I think we did long. I, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're long, but we're not that long. Are we not? No, I think we're somewhere in the hour to, you know, hour and fifteen minute range. We'll see. It's um, 239 seconds. (laughs) That's not right. (laughs) Is it not? Oh, no, sorry. 2309 seconds. I left out a zero in the middle.
1: Yeah, I was going to say 239 seconds is not very long. And if that's all the time that's passed, I'd be, like, really concerned about...
0: How much alcohol you've had to drink. <laughs> yes. <laughs> My time perception has been
2: altered. Anything else very you guys strongly. want to add? How, how was this experience? Was it as horrible as you'd imagined? Or Oh,
1: it was absolutely terrible. Okay. I didn't enjoy it at all.
2: <laughs> okay. Anything to add? No. Nah. I am 219 because I've been sick all week. And by the way, before before he I'm does, I'm going to be
0: ballparking it if I do anything. Well,
2: while he does the calculation or the ballparking, I will say we have to admit Evan looks pretty svelte. It looks like he's he's uh, trimmed down a bit.
0: <laughs> I think I, I think he just
1: got a haircut. I
2: think it's the haircut. It's not just the haircut. It's not just the haircut. The legs look skinnier. The legs look skinnier.
0: Well, my legs have not been the issue, dude. I'm just like, saying. I'm not carrying extra. You look any any extra like you have chicken the legs leg. these days. Why do you say that as if it's a good thing? It's good because my legs are fat. I'm not happy about it. I wish I had chicken legs. God damn it. No, no, chicken legs are not. Chicken
1: legs are Tim K. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, I wish I had skinnier legs. Like, your legs look skinny. My legs look I fat. was going to say, like, I, I, no one's ever accused me of having chicken legs.
1: Yeah.
0: Fine. You have skinny legs. <laughs> do Joey the math.
1: has chicken legs. Sorry.
0: We'll have to look at Joey's
2: chicken legs later. Do the math. This is your job. You have one job. You're the outro.
0: <laughs> alright, alright. We can't we can't end by the- doing it? Every- You're doing now. Alright. The South Beta Podcast, three hundred and ninety-nine pounds of rock climbing power. Nice! Alright, guys, thank you so much. Here. We're we we're done. I'm gonna hit the button.